The Leave Review Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members, and developers. A shining beacon in space. All alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite, the year Space Lakes came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Ladian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Leave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 326 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist in Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We also have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Adela Weiss, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. Sit back. Turn your ship over to Kovas and relax. We're turning on Flight Assist. Okay, not that cringy, but never mind. We are also joined by two of the nicest people in the Elite Dangerous community. I like to call them the Care Bear Bunch. We have Psykid and Mal from the Wind from the Flight Assist podcast joining us tonight. Hello. Greetings, everyone. Yes, so if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in-game. Ben is hanging around Lave Station somewhere. But if you can't get to us in-game, you can join us on the Twitch chat channel, and you can access that through laveradio.com slash live, or click on the live chat, or go straight to Twitch TV slash Lave Radio, or look us up on YouTube, or look us up on Facebook, because we're going everywhere at the moment. So we'll just quickly go around the crew, uh, see what they've been having to deal with for the last week or so. And, uh, yes, we'll start with Ben. Most important thing that I've been doing this week is probably breeding villagers and killing spiders. I've been playing Minecraft a lot on the oh the Distant Worlds 2 Minecraft server again. So that's kind of taken up a wee bit more of my time than I planned for it. Because uh, I keep finding spiders and they give me XP. And that gets, lets me get enchantments. And, you know, we like enchant. Cool. Right. Shan. Oh, what have I been doing? I've been making a list of nice things I can do when lockdown <laughs> finishes. So you know how, like, scouts have a bother job thing where they go around and they ask old people, do you want your car painted or whatever? Um, so, I've, so I've been making a list of things I, I can do um, to demonstrate how helpful I am. And um, 
so far the the, the list goes to um, helping an old man in glove mittens and a mask get up from his chair. Um, it also goes to cutting lawns, or rather telling my gardener to go and cut someone else's lawn, and um, helping in the fuel rats if they'll have me. You're going to volunteer for the fuel rats? Well, actually, I, I did long ago volunteer for fuel rats. Um, they even let me join, but they never ever sent anyone my way to rescue. So, Okay, and I think we can understanding why they might be a little bit hesitant, Sean. I I help. I help. If if I also actually I I, I thanks to Milstone Barn, I found the repository for all of Ed Lewis's Journey Home streams. Hmm. And uh, they were actually really entertaining and they brought back lots of memories and stuff. And uh, I, I went to the last one, I think it was episode ninety five, I think it was, or somewhere around there. And um it, it, it was great because this was when he was actually within a couple of thousand light years of, of coming home. And uh, he was in the office and um, one of the Frontier staff distracted him with the promise of some ice cream and chocolate. And he was talking to them while fuel scooping. And he didn't realize his ship was overheating. And it ended up pretty much destroying his ship other than the ability to stay together. So uh, when he met myself and Crash to escort him back, his ship was in a real sorry state. So it's quite a dramatic end. And uh, yeah, I, I've enjoyed those streams. Hmm. You know something? Ben? That reminds me. Ed actually still owes me an ice cream. Well, he owes 38 people an ice cream. And <laughs> it doesn't matter how much I've pestered him at Lavecon, <laughs> he managed to wriggle out of it somehow. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to actually have to set. Oh no, he's, he's not on Twitter anymore. Dang. Um, I'm not. Yeah. But Ed, Ed's run away from Twitter. I, I think I've heard he's off social media these days. Yeah. Oh, good grief. Anyway, um, Psychit, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Um, how have you been for the last week or so? I've seen you streaming a lot. I took a week off. Well, I took a week off to do. Um, uh, add new things to my rig change some things about do a lot of background stuff in um stuff in the background that wasn't anything that is i can reveal as of yet but a lot of (laughs) so busy but you like to keep stum about it heckin busy yes (laughs) and mal welcome to the show thank you much it's uh it's an honor to be here with such a venerable group of commanders that makes you just call us old yeah, exactly. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. Um, so how have you been for the last week, Mal? Good. I've been good. We've had uh, we've had an incursion in our home system uh, as far as BGS goes. So we've uh, we've actually been doing a lot of uh, bounty hunting and a little bit of PvP combat. Uh, me and the rest of the Dogs of War community. So it's been it's been an exciting week. Excellent news all around. Then, um, well, personally, I've just been pottering about doing the CG. Unfortunately, the side that I'm backing don't seem to be winning. So, oh well. <laughs> at least I'll get at least I'll get paid. So, um, let's have a quick discussion about the development news. Now, one thing that we missed last week was that um, they actually gave away a whole load of um, figures for the amount of players that have now got access to Elite Dangerous. So the first thing was that they've given a breakdown. There's about 2.5 million PC users, 
1.5 million console users, but then the PC numbers were boosted by 8 million free downloads on the Epic Store. So that's the total number of players, about 12 million? Surely we're not all on duplicate alts. Did that say how many is active? Because usually when they release such a thing, what happens is there's a big surge in players, and then they either give up or another shiny thing comes along or it generally fades into the background. So I'm not saying... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, kind of fail or anything like that, but there's always a drop-off, isn't there, when you have a, a surge of numbers like that? Um, I mean, we, did you guys take advantage of the free Epic account? I did, and I've even used it. Uh, that's the account yeah. I used to play with my, my flatmate. Right. Shan, have you done? Uh, no, I didn't, actually, because I've got more than enough accounts already, and I, I just... You know, it's kind of like, do I really want to start again when I've got X and a number of other accounts? I'm still trying to get to Triple Elite. So, you know, right. I, nah, it, was, it was a great offer. You know, it was a great way of getting players to join the game and things like that. So, fair to use the frontier for doing it. It's just that I didn't feel the need to have another account. How about you, Psychic and Mal? I did, but I haven't opened it once. Oh, right. I actually uh, set up an Epic account just for this and logged into it and got it all set up and then totally forgot to actually buy the game for free. <laughs> uh, it's just that um, I'm a, I have used the my Epic account quite a, quite a bit. And I must admit, in the newbie area, the place was swamped. I've never, I've never seen it that busy before. So I was just wondering if, if we could have compared notes, but it seems I'm the only one that did it. Oh, dear. It was significantly anyway. busy for sure. We had we oh. had a lot of new players in chat who were like, "Oh my gosh, I've never seen, there's like 115 sidewinders in this system right now." <laughs> yeah, it it did get a bit manic because I was there going, "I haven't seen it this busy since the alpha," which was oh, so I, mean, I know. So uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Star Wars. Um... Oh, Battlefront 2 was on the game, was on going free the other week. And that proved, million, to be, that proved to be so popular, it actually crashed out EA's servers and everything like that. You know, just spawn, you know, they couldn't spin up enough servers fastly, fast enough. No, so, something like 80 million downloads of Battlefront 2. 8-0. 8-0. 8-0. Eight yeah. It was a good addition of. Battlefront 2 as well has had like a lot of the a lot of skins and everything like that that previously you could well originally you could only get via loot boxes and then you mm. could earn them legitimately. Um so you know. Did you usually get the usual salty response or things like that saying, Oh, I had to grind for ten hours to get this loot box that got me this skin and you've got it for free kind of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if you did, but if you did, then I don't give a monkeys because I didn't pay any attention <laughs> to any of that salt. Moving on from there, uh, we'll just have a quick chat about uh, what's been happening from uh, Frontier this week, and it has been devilish, devilishly quiet. Um, on Thursday, we had uh, Stephen and Bruce. Uh, they're doing the CG, but there was no news about Odyssey, and they're not going to talk about Odyssey until 
things have progressed a bit more. Um, however, they have decided that they're going to change the Wednesday AMA format. Um, it looks like that original AMA format is going to be cancelled because basically there was far too many. Well, we can't talk about that at this time. And instead, they're choosing questions from the community and then answering them on a Friday night or a Friday afternoon info dump, if you like. Um, right. You guys, is that an improvement over the AMA? Well, I don't know. AMA sounds like ask me anything, doesn't it? But this sounds like more like ask me what I want you to talk about. <laughs> I can see the point because it can take an awful lot of time to filter through questions and can't answer that, can't answer that, can't answer that. But it, you can't really call it an AMA. Not this from is my exactly what we've been asking out. for, though, because, you know, I think after about the second AMA, when we realized exactly what Frontier were going to say, we're like, why don't they just answer the questions that they want to answer and, you know, filter out things and do exactly what they're doing? So, you know, if anything, we should complain to Frontier about copywriting, you know, what everybody in the community has also been saying <laughs> instead of doing an AMA about things they can't answer. So it's a good thing. Thank God they've done it. Do we know how long these will go on for? Is it sort of a 10 minute slot with about three or four questions, or are they doing the hour? Or does no, it they're not doing that. no, no, they're, they're not, not doing, doing that, that anymore. Uh, like I said, the, you know, the questions that we've been getting, Shan. Those questions and answers. Yeah, but I'm saying is how many of these questions and answers are they actually going to do? Uh, it looks it to be about seven or eight, doesn't it? Psychit and Mal, I mean, what do you think to that? Is that an improvement over what they've got so far? or The, the new things, the things on the Friday, um, the, it just seems to be more um, geared in a certain direction. If you group um, if you group the questions under certain topics, I, I feel it's more beneficial rather than just picking and choosing different questions from among among the community it's more cohesive yeah historically anything when frontier is getting ready to release something for elite right when there's something on the horizon that we're that we're looking forward towards there's always a lot of critical response from the community because either we're not getting information fast enough we're not getting the information we want we're not getting and i feel like the old format of having ama where the viewers were having to hear, we can't talk about that. We don't want to talk about that yet. Kind of played into those feelings, whether they're true or not, you know, like whether, you know, regardless of what the, what the actuality of what they can share, what they can't is. Um, I feel like that had the, that could have the tendency to feed this sort of, why aren't they giving us more information? Whereas in mm -hmm. this format, like you all were saying, it, it bypasses all that because they get to pick the questions they can answer and then funnel those answers forward. So then it's only the quality of the answers that can be kind of kind of troubleshot by the community and not we're not getting enough answers. Okay. I think generally in terms of Q&As, my preference is to have uh, basically to interview the community managers, straight developers and ask them the questions directly in a way that they know the questions, but uh, there's no filtering. You know, they, they're not looking at a question and thinking, oh, I, I'm going to censor that one. You can't ask that one because it's too sensitive, et cetera. You know, I, you I'd mean, rather have that open, open questioning. You mean the, like the way you interrogate them up against the bar and leave con? No, no, no. I, don't, I, buy them, I buy them a drink first. I'm, I told you I'm nice. Um, 
the, the, the only one that did that is we had an interview. Do you remember when Beyond came out, we had an interview sat at the Frontier uh, and we asked mm. them quite a lot of questions and they mysteriously found other things to do and ran away from the interview. But uh, Oh, you're still hurting about that one. I think it, I thought it was funny. We chased them off with our nice questions. Anyway, today they had another one of their um, Tuesday streams. It's not Super Cruise News. That's on a Thursday. But again, they didn't answer anything about anything new about Odyssey. Um, but they did say that coming this Thursday, there's not going to be a CG. There's going to be something lore-related. And Arf says he's planning on making us work for it because it was a bit easy last time. Got any anticipation to that? Does it mean the bucket is going to be bigger? There's going to be no bucket at all. You'll be here to you'll be glad to hear, Sean. I'm suspecting Gauntlet's been thrown, and I th- I think come Thursday we're going to have a lot of fun. I really do. You do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did think with the um with the the ghost ship last time. I think they made it a little bit easier because everybody was just searching the coal sack like yeah. crazy. Have but... we had? Uh... Sorry, have we had a CG where you need to turn in engineering materials instead of cargo items? Uh, yes, the one that's happening at the moment. Is that, is that our cargo items? Sorry, I haven't been keeping up with CGs. I've been busy in real well, life. No, this, this one has been uh, basically your data materials. You've got to drop off your data materials, and you can use the material trader to really bulk up if you if you needed to. So Right, okay. Because I was going to suggest they use pharmaceutical isolators or something like that to, uh, to donate. Uh, well, at the moment, it, they, I can't remember the exact items they're doing, but they're using pretty common common ones, not uh, not the rare ones, which is quite useful. Anyway, um, so just bear with us. Lave Radio, broadcasting from the core to the frontier. So what has been happening with the in-game events this week? Well, um, the Anti-Xeno Initiative have marked the time which they've started a, a one of their own events called the Eye of Odyssey. Um, it's your chance to win a copy of the deluxe edition of Elite Dangerous Odyssey in from Steam uh, for the winning first place and a stand copy of Elite Dangerous for the second player. Now, this event wouldn't be possible without Commander IM2D of uh, Newpeak or New Pilots Initiatives. Uh, and the outstanding staff members over at Nupi who have come to a, uh, the Anti-Xeno Initiative asking them if they could do a course of event. It's a time trial, and you've got to do the following tasks as quickly as possible. You've got to start at Stellas in Vikia in the Muscadark region JX-TC3-13, go to a Threat 5, and collect a Cyclops tissue sample. Collect the same Cyclops heart. Pick up a single metal alloy from barnacle site or forest and a surface site, and finish at Eclipse uh, AXI in the Muska Dark region, which is GW W one D one four three. So um, yeah, fastest person who manages to do that gets a free copy of Odyssey. Shan, what do you think to that? I think that's a great challenge. It's like one of those top gear challenges, but for sadists, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was up to it until it said collect the same Cyclos heart. Well, that's not way- too bad. That's not too. I mean, it's it's all doable and it's relatively easy, but it's 
it's just kind of hardcore to do it as quickly as possible. And I'm thinking of a, there's a couple of anti thyroid uh, builds you can use to get the Cyclops hunt pretty quickly. But yeah, that, I quite like that as a challenge. Actually, that's uh, that, that, that's fun. Ben, will you be taking up the challenge? No. Thargoids <laughs> are friends, not foes. <laughs> Try telling them that. Psychic and Mal. I have. You, think they you, me. You, you fancy your chances against the 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 that run there? Not on a time I, I, trial. Not yeah, on a the time, time trial. Part, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do it easily, but there's not a chance in in hell that I get anywhere near. Near the time, and yeah, I, would, would, I wouldn't be on the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah, it would consume me for like a very long time, and I don't have the time to throw so much into that right now. Do we know the winning time at the moment? How, what's the current record? Do we know? No, we don't. It's only just started today, so I haven't been onto the uh, the anti Xeno Initiative um, uh, Discord yet. But <laughs> uh, no doubt, really sure. fun. To make on. it really fun. They need to. Do a uh, search for place on the word Cyclops with Hydra. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, could you just imagine that? I don't. Has actually any. Well, has somebody's taken down a Hydra solo, haven't they? They have, yeah. 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 But, but what I like so, about the level of this, sorry to interrupt, but what I like about the level of this is it requires a level of skill, but not a level of practice and skill. That is beyond a lot of players. So this is actually quite accessible, uh, fairly reasonably tricky, but good variation. So yeah, I do like this. <laughs> Psych it. Times eleven minutes sixteen seconds. Not a chance. It takes me easily yeah. half an hour to kill a cyclops. Yep. Not even bothering. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even want you want your name up on the board. Nah, nah. I've been there, done that. Not bothered. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, moving on from the Anti-Xeno Initiative, um, Operation Ida is still repairing stations in the Witchhead Nebula. Um, all, they've only got one left, and I do believe that's Shiral Orbital in Hakai. Uh, once that's done, we're all back operational, and it's as if the Thargoids never happen. <sighs> now, the next big one is we have to salute the Fuel Rats, as we always do, because they have just hit. 100,000 rescues. I think it's 100,004 at the moment. But um, yeah, it was announced a couple of days ago that uh, they've managed to to reach that total. And they put out a nice promotional video, um, basically patting themselves on the back. A well-deserved pat on the back. Um, so apart from saying that the fuel rats are awesome, uh, anybody anybody got something to say about this? I think it's brilliant. Just a shame they didn't ask me to help them. <laughs> no, fair, fair dues. Go on, Mal. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, the thing that stands out to me is, is not necessarily that there's been a hundred thousand rescues. That there are people who go out with fuel limpets. It's that this is not a function of the game. This is a community player group that mm. came together to start the fuel rats. And they do it on their own time. They do. They don't get paid for it. There's no compensation. It's just people out there being good to each other. And they've done it a hundred thousand successful times. That's really, really kind of like a beacon of hope, especially with like the way the state of the current world right now. 
um, it, it's it's really nice to see stuff like this happen. Plus, the great thing about fuel rats is the distance to rescue people is not an issue. I mean, do you remember yeah. a few years ago where they the commander trying to get the furthest distance um, in the galaxy ran out of fuel? Do you remember this? And the fuel rats yeah. went. I think they spent something like twenty-four hours in supercruise getting out to them. And the best thing about that that really shows the amazing character of the fuel rats is that they made sure they didn't go beyond the ship they're rescuing. So the ship actually <laughs> still had the still had the record. I mean, that's class. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I must admit that the. The thing about the fuel rats is that if you try and explain this to anybody outside of Elite Dangerous, uh, they just don't believe it. Now, mm-hmm. when I was um, I was on the Guardian website just as the P the PS4 version was coming, and of course there was a, a whole lot of buzz about this and uh, about the you know the PlayStation version coming out, uh, and then someone mentioned, uh, not me, on the on on the Guardian website about the fuel rats and they just is this the guardian newspaper yeah the guardian newspaper and just people couldn't get their head around it because they just didn't understand well hang on a second people do this in their own time there's there's no game reward nope it's not an official thing nope it's just people deciding to be nice yep <laughs> they, they, they just couldn't get their head around it that's actually really cool because it was it'd be usual for the Guardian to um, blame the right wing elite for making people run out of fuel in the first place. <laughs> it's like it. I mean, I, I yes, I do still have a copy of PC Gamer just to hand with the Odyssey article in it. Um, but even in that article, they talk about the fuel rats. Um, mm-hmm. Communities like the famous fuel rats, a way to adopt a uniform and stuff like that. They they even like mention them by name. They're such a big part of the community uh, on whole that they get name dropped anytime any articles get written about them. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're I saying there are other rats as well, aren't there? Well, there's the rock rats and there's the, the hull seals, uh, but I, I guess there might be the possibility of a person rat because you can strike i got a sneaking suspicion in odyssey much to shan's delight you'll be able to strand people on the planets an air like rat or something an air rat yeah well we need to come up with a new rat for for actually personal rescues the chris mark four has uh, said taxi rat it's worth with a try anyway um get oh, that I, news. I suppose if you landed a ship on them it'd be a splat the rat wouldn't it Oh dear. Anyway, Galnet news this week. Um, Well, first of all, we've had the ex-president, Jemima Hilsey, returning to the Federation. Uh, So she's returned from the Alliance, all hippie and uh, wonderful, and she's not really enjoying being back. We have the um, Galnet News article on the Sirius and Utopia uh, CG that's happening at the moment to host the Galactic Summit. I do believe at the moment Sirius is winning by almost hitting Tier 3, while Utopia is just a, about a little bit over Tier 2. So, um, But there's still time to go. Um, Shan? Yeah, I was looking at the Jasmina Halsey uh, storyline, and I kind of feel it's a bit like certain 
ex-prime ministers returning to the news to put their comments in about something when there has been and kind of no one really cares about their views anymore other than the media who want to put them up and i'm not mentioning any their names but um yeah it's just kind of it's just interesting how they brought up these her name because i thought that story was going somewhere when she first disappeared and came back and it kind of sat on the shelf for years so i'm kind of hoping that picks back up again yeah well we're going to find out soon enough um, obviously, the Marlinist colonies have received their emergency food supplies. It turned out that we wiped out the pirates and gave them all the food, so they're all quite happy. And we now have somebody new in the Alliance. This is the first time that Councillor Kane uh, has ever been mentioned, um, but she is going up against the uh, uh, Prime Minister Mahon in the Alliance uh, general election. So uh, about time we actually see someone else in the Alliance, apart from that one guy. Uh, and finally, um, touching on what's happened with uh, Miss Halsey, the trial of Fleet Admiral Vincent has now began, begun, rather. Uh, it's, uh, so we're going to get a whole lot of federal trial shenanigans. Don't you think? Yeah, I'm wondering. Don't don't you wonder these marvelous colonists receiving emergency food supplies? Don't you think they should just they're just like a bunch of snowflakes, you know, not able to look after themselves and want constant handouts? So yeah, uh, if I was if I was in, if I was thinking, I'd just say, well, here's some seeds. Get on with it. Go, go farm stuff. You went off and dumped them out. on a zero G station. Where the hell no, are they to farm? No, I'd, I'd I'd put them on SETI Alpha Six or something. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and yeah. and and, and Councillor Kane. I mean, I, I, I'm a little bit um, thinking. Well, couldn't they have found a different name? For them, because that sounds a bit, you know, calm. Yeah, well, not calm, but you know, like <laughs> Citizen Kane, or just I don't know, just call them something else other than Councillor Kane. That <laughs> yeah. sounds a bit like Buzz Lightyear's something, you know. Buzz Actually, Lightyear, no, it, it's it's Buck Rogers' mortal enemy is Kane. Sure, it is, and I'm sure there's an Admiral Kane in in the Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Oh, and it's anyway. as well. Oh, yeah, there is. Okay, um, well, Mal and Psychic, I mean, how do you feel that the narrative has been progressing? You've been enjoying getting involved with the uh, all the, the background stuff? I didn't pay any attention to Galnet before it went away, yeah. um, like at all. And um, I was very much a proponent of people coming in and going oh we want galnet back and i'm nah nah it's not gonna not gonna be anything and i swear to god i take back everything that i said about it because i love it i love being able to sort of like engage with it and see what's going on make little um tinfoily predictions and all of those things i think it's really cool it's i i didn't appreciate it when i had it the last time and it's I'm I'm now having to sort of retro retrospectively go through and go, okay, so what did that law mean? Why is everybody really excited about this name? Those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I I really I, I didn't it's not that I guess I didn't appreciate it before, but the to to a bigger extent, what I really like about these is um 
what I like about all these new stories that they put together is the fact that they have we're included. It's not like a bunch of stories that are just there for flavor. Like we actually get to be involved in the stories. Like they they're driving the narrative somewhere much more than old Galnet did. And each one of the stories that comes up is doing it in a different way and taking things in a different direction. Whereas before it was just like Ashley Duvall's getting married. It's like, okay, great. Who cares? Like the, it, it had no bearing on day-to-day gameplay, but every single <laughs> one of these Galnet stories they're putting out actually does eventually kind of seem to come around to some sort of community goal or some sort of activity we can do in game. And I really like that part of it. I like feeling like it's not just flavor text. It's something that means something to me as a commander in the game. Okay, Sean. Yeah, I was thinking about the CGs um, just while um, you guys are talking. And I kind of hope and wish they had more imaginative CGs. That would probably a bit tongue-in-cheek. So, you know, you could have the CG equivalent of Love Island or something, and then you vote for your the contestant by dropping certain materials off at the space station. So you're kind of voting by contributing towards the space Love Island or I'm a celebrity thing. So it just kind of something a bit tongue-in-cheek and silly, but something that you could see happen in universe, because I think sometimes CGs take themselves a bit too seriously. Can you imagine our community doing something like, I'm a celebrity, get me out. I'm a power player, get me out of here. Yeah, yeah you can get Ashley Duval and whatever, and I'm sure they get lots of votes. Yeah, so just something like that, yeah. As Lenin said, Commander, uh, X-Factor, Elite Dangerous. So yeah, Akinar's got talent, exactly. Right, well, moving along, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our main discussion, which is basically the question and answer sessions that we got from uh, Frontier earlier in the week. Are you struggling with paying fines? Do you lose sleep in hyperspace worrying about docking at the next space station? If the answer is yes, then you need to call Cowell & McGrath Fine Management Services. I got scanned while in Federation space and was caught carrying slaves. It was an unexpected expense that I couldn't afford on top of my fines for damage caused whilst docking. We can help you consolidate all your existing fines into a single large fine, payable in regular instalments at what is almost a competitive interest rate. I called Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services and they helped me pay my existing fines before I got a bounty on my head. They really saved my life. At Cowell and McGrath, we've helped thousands of pilots whose fines had spiralled out of control. I dared not go near a police star system. Got so desperate that I'd almost resigned myself to a life of piracy. Luckily, I found Cowell and McGrath's services before I actually murdered anyone in cold blood. No fines too big, no criminal record too damning. We're here to help you, no questions asked. Find us in the Lave Business Directory. I'd got into debt as a result of a massive counter-lawsuit by Watt and Pritney. It happened because I'd taken advice on Python protection insurance from... Wait a minute! <laughs> it was you! Cowell and McGrath. Minimum liability, zero accountability. Warning, balances may go up as well as down. Missed payments may lead to repossession of your ship, seizure of cargo or the issuing of a death warrant. 
Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store. And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. What you really need is really big gas tank. What? With really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Want to be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, mister. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, tripism, and spontaneous target face. Use only as drunk. Live radio. It's even louder than me. Wait a minute. I can't be right. And welcome back. Um, now, as you are all aware, uh, there is a drop of uh, info on Friday afternoon, uh, all about the interface and NPCs. So what we're going to do is we're just going to run through them, see what everybody thinks, uh, see whether or not we can try and uh, guess what will be heading our way. Um, so. First section that they, they covered was the actual interface of the suits. Um, obviously, first question, will night vision or a light be available on the HUD? Now, the answer was you should be able to upgrade suits in many ways. Night vision and lights are just two of the upgrades available. Um, all suits have a torch by default, though, so you'll always be able to see some. So what do you guys think? Is it going to be... Oh, right. Straight away, Ben. Off you go. I mean, I'm hoping... Yeah, we're obviously... We're going to get night vision in some thought, but I'm really hoping that we will get thermal and you know, some kind of, like, LiDAR kind of capabilities. Um, Maybe even some kind of sonar advances as well. Um, You just combine everything to... And then... Ultimately, you I mean you'd combine everything into a complete sensor package to give you a full-on his everything going on around you. But that you know maybe combine things up using engineering or something. I don't know. But the amount of ways we have to detect things across the entire EM spectrum just overwhelms us. But I wish we could see it, and frankly, I wish we. You know, I wish we could also have. Like a thermal view in our ship. Show me, show me what my ship's thermal cameras see. Show me what my ship's audio sensors can see. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Shan. Yeah, I was just. Uh, I guess Ben's talking like predator vision. Um, but my thought, my thought is, if you have a night vision, why on earth would you have a head torch on? Because that's like having a big sign that says, here's my head, please shoot it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, you need to light up your glamour shots. Yeah, okay, well, I'll headshot you then, because you've got a nice little light showing me exactly yeah, Shan, where I am. We're talking nice, Shan, here. You know, I'm standing there posing for you. 
You put yeah, but on, nice Shan, nice Shan does not think pushover Shan. Yeah, nice Shan is not going to stand up and say, "Oh, please, please don't shoot me. I am just here for the screenshots." No, if I think you're going to shoot me, I'm going to get you first. That's I'm going to just... be standing there showing off my spacesuit, going, "Hey, what do you think of this big boy?" Well, it's how your silly fault come, then. How come I'm getting the impression of Baldrick and George in the middle of <laughs> No Man's Land? When a flare goes up. Psychic <laughs> <laughs> Mal, what do you think to this one then? Is it uh, something you've, you've... The visibility thing, is that going to be an issue for you? I wouldn't have thought so. Um, if, if we're going to get night vision... It says a hit, like night vision and lights are two of the are just two of the upgrades available. I'm assuming we're going to get others and we're going to be able to pick and choose which of those we can fit. So if we have... They've mentioned stealth, sneaky, sneaky missions before. Um, I'm I'm living this fantasy of being able to be like 400 meters away and doming a nerd from that far away is going to be absolutely beautiful. But um, we will we will wait to see what happens with that. How do you think? The way be... that you said that, like it, it reminded me of HK47. That is Did a it? bit worrying. I, I, don't, I just I just want to dome some nerds. That's all I can say. So, do you think the suits will have limited slots? Yes. So you might get three, might get three upgrade slots on the head or something like that. So you then have to choose what you upgrade. That's, yeah, that's what I'm so. hoping for. Yeah, I, I hope that there's like an optics slot where you can choose a torch or night vision or thermal, and depending on what mission or what you want to do, that's going to determine what loadout you want to equip. Um, or what you want to engineer that way it sort of limits your it 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 hamstrings you in one way and that you can only take a limited amount of stuff but it also means that you get to really customize for exactly what you as a player are good at Uh, and different suits would have different numbers of slots for example Mm -hmm. yeah yep exactly like an exploration suit would probably have many many more slots for sensor packages and things like that whereas a combat suit would have more slots for armor, extra ammo, stuff like that. At least in my head, that's what I'm thinking. Excellent. Uh, right, we'll move on to the next one. Um, now, does the player's radar show players and NPCs before combat? If so, do they change to indicate relationship? Now, obviously, this is must be pretty much like um, our radar with uh, friendlies being green, enemies being red, and neutrals being yellow. I don't know about this one. I'd need to see how it works. I mean, in in general, you've got a radar that tells you exactly where the people are who could be shooting at you, or is that not what it's saying? Because I'm I'm wondering how on earth would you sneak up on someone if you've got a radar that shows people where they are, and if you had a silent running mode, for example, that might be an interesting way of stealthing it. But I don't know. I, I, in general, I prefer situational awareness to being shown where things are on a radar. I'm thinking this could be something more like, uh, like aliens. I mean, oh, you, you know, mean the, the motion, the motion, the motion tracker. Yeah. Ooh, you know, maybe if is... you just move very, very slowly, you wouldn't show up. Yep. How close you are to the ground might matter. Your heat signature yeah. might matter. Like all that kind of stuff. That would that would actually be really cool to be. You would have to get quiet and turn the music down so you can hear. <laughs> Listen yeah. for it to be clicking at you. Oh, this there is, is, oh. there is, there is the potential for some real thief action, isn't it? 
Yeah. Sorry, Mal, Mal's just making not. I'm not pissed off at Mal, but Mal's comment there just made me pissed off that we're not going to get bloody freefall and being able to you know swim up the in zero g and things like that, and we have to use bloody mag boots. <laughs> yeah, why can't you turn the mag boots off? I don't want mag boots. I, I want to be able to like push off and you know glide. Yeah, if you've got mag boots, if you've got mag boots, presumably they work by turning off and on because then that's the way the steps work. Because if they're magnetic all the time, you'd find it really hard to move. So presumably a mag boot would protect because you magic lifting by feeling. Well, yeah, but presumably they'd work by if you, they detect you lifting your foot off, they'd turn the magnet off and then put it back on again when they detect the foot moving down. So why can't you just turn the mag boots off and float around? Because, and I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be putting in some salt here, I'm afraid. I suspect the reason why we're having mag boots is because of what, frankly, I'm considering lazy development. And I wish, I, I desperately wish I'm going to be proven wrong here. But Frontier uh, are going to say, when I'm in an outpost, that way is down. Deal with it. Mag boots are there because reasons, and the reasons are that they don't have the development resources to implement walking on walls, let alone giving floating us let alone floating through spations. And I wish they did. I wish they would. I pray I'm going to be proven wrong. You just I suspect think... that the zero G outposts they won't have the. We're going to see bloody mugs coming out of coffee machines in zero G. Don't ask me how, but it's going to work. I'm hoping they put zippy cups in. I don't think they will. I mean, with zippy cups like babies have. Yeah, even our crates have have got like normal mugs. Well, at least it'll keep the truckers happy. Yeah, and yes, I know that's salty, and I don't want to be salty, but I've got a, I've just got a bad feeling. Um. Okay. The um, next question was: Can we officially call the second icon on the display Tigger? Um. What is the second icon on display? It's the jumpy button, of course. Oh, do you mean for the jetpack? Yes, Tigger mode. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> pretty straightforward. Is anyone going to be de- bunny hopping their way around a combat zone then, making it really difficult to hit them? Oh, everyone. It's going to be like Overwatch. Yep. Of course. Bouncy is the way to go. I'm still scared of going in. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I'll protect you, Colin. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll protect you by getting you back to the mothership as quickly as possible. Ah, uh, anyway. Um, now, that's an interesting question, which does have um, a lot of salty connections, if you like. Um, will the HUD be customizable, i.e., different colors for the visually impaired? And they've said the interface won't be customizable for Elite Dangerous. Um, they will, of course, be taking feedback on board regarding accessibility. Now, the reason I say it might be a bit salty is because uh, in the PC version, you can actually change the HUD colors on your ship. But um, that takes a bit of jiggery-pokery. It's not, it's not easy. Well, it is easy to do if you know what you're doing, but uh, it's not as easy as it should be. Uh, what do you think then, Jean? I'm going to be a bit blunt and saying that's completely lazy and unacceptable because in these days where accessibility is a key factor in life, you have colorblind people and they cannot change the colors 
to suit their colorblindness, I find that kind of inexcusable, really. You know, I'm fortunate enough not to be colorblind, but I know people who are, and to not allowing that to be customizable to overcome colorblindness. Sorry, that's just lazy. Okay, psych it. Now, I'm normally a very, very positive person. You've already mentioned <laughs> that I'm a very, very positive person. But this Sorry, for me... Am I affecting you? This for me, no, not at all. This is, I am um, an ambassador for um, uh, the UK charity Epilepsy Action. Mm-hmm. Um, and back along, when everybody first went into lockdown and Bruce came on my channel and um, I, it was one of, one of the first... Um, when they were working from home and they came and guested on um, all of the channels back back along, um, mm. Bruce came on and chatted with me. I think he'd been working there for like three weeks. And I said to him, um, so uh, what are we going to do about all of these flashing lights in game, like the flashing neutrons and like the, the way that the lasers, mining lasers, they've got a flash. And I, I have epileptic friends who cannot mine because of that. And I know this is like slightly detached from the HUD, but it falls into this whole accessibility thing. And mm. to see a year later them still saying they're going to do naff all about um, accessibility um, at the moment is so disappointing. And I will die on this hill until we get like these um, things that are in place for colorblind people, for... Um, people who have photosensitivity and granted it's a very small proportion of like epileptics who have photosensitivity but it's enough to um to warrant them having they've had years to act on this they've had absolutely years there should be something in place for these accessibility and i will go back to being positive about every other bloody aspect of the game but that for me is unforgivable Oh, I completely agree. I mean, uh, Turgeon has said on many occasions that he cannot use the um, the FSS scanner, the FSS, because basically of the the pulsating lights in the background giving him a headache. Now, um, the issue that uh, you know he's brought that up again and again on on the forums or talked to some of the. Um, uh, the community managers and they say, "Yeah, fine, we'll take that feedback on board." But since until then, and until now, there's been no option to switch these kind of things off at all yet. And I completely agree; it's one of these things that need, does need to be looked at. Um, yeah, you're right about the red green thing. I mean, um, I found out recently because of the game that I designed. I got cards which are red and green friend of mine says you're going to have trouble there because really it should be red and blue because blue is easier for colorblind people to differentiate between and yeah so yeah can someone remind me what frontiers charity is special special effect, effect. i raise my case <laughs> yes so um van otter says that um david braben has a thing for monochrome amber monitors uh, that's why we're tied to the orange hut. Well, so sure. did so did I with the uh, with the guy we got to change the light bulb in his terminal. But I still for. I mean, you're actually right. Sorry, sorry to get jump on the bandwagon again. Isn't that fine? You, you're, you're so you're so right with that because how many years have they said? Oh, you know, 
we're looking at changing the uh, control scheme. You should not have to fiddle around with an HTML file to get different colors. And, and the accessibility thing, that goes beyond a PC. That's a console issue as well. And yes, I've seen some comments in chat about, um, you know, maybe it's the executives and stuff like that, and that need persuading. Come on, guys, it's accessibility. It's 2021. Get it sorted. We're not in the dark ages anymore. It, it's the game came out in uh, 2014. She's going to say yep. really tentatively, um, but the game came out in 2014. We are so far Six, down the line now. <laughs> it is. It is entirely inexcusable for there not to be like a a slider to turn to turn the flickering of a neutron star off so people can do fast jumps. Just turn it off. Just like, even if it's just like the worst cone you've ever seen. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> need to be pretty, you know? It just needs to not cause people to seizure. That's all I'm asking. I'm asking you to not cause people to have seizures. It's not too much to ask. I'm sorry. I'm going to, no, I'm sorry. No, that's that's what we're here for. You need to vent. It's 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 just it's so yeah it's so um it's disappointing. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> on that moment, we'll just touch on a little bit more of the HUD. They sort of said they've also been asked, can players turn parts of the HUD off? And no, is their answer. Uh, the HUD is there while you're on foot, and it will be essential for getting it as it is on space. Post it notes on the screen. This answer actually makes me angry, and I feel they're literally dodging the question here. Um, I might be wrong here, but I feel the question is actually, if I go into um, my sort of first into my third person mode camera, can I turn the UI off so I can actually you know take a photograph without all the crap around me? Mm-hmm. That's what I think they mean. And oh, I just right. think you're you're deliberately... Oh, no. Yeah, like I'm doing what? at the moment for, you know, in the ship. What have they said about the camera mode? They haven't been on the thing about the chat. They've said... Really. Well, they said there's going to be one. But that's it. Control, is it Control-Shift-H or Control-Shift... What's the keyboard command to turn off our, our HUD in... in Control-Shift-G. I thought it was Control Shift G, but it's not working for me. Try Shift to Shift G, or it's like some. It might be Control Alt G, maybe. Control only working mode. Okay, so there's Control Alt G there. So yeah, Control Alt G was right. Um, Now that shows you how often I do it. Um, I do it quite. I'll turn off the the HUD in in. How do I turn it back on again? There it is. Um, when I'm sort of in third person mode or the debug cam, because you know who wants to see all the ship controls while you're doing that. But well, if you can't remember how to do it, it can't be that important to you, can it? Sorry. Well, it's no. not. But I know. I think Wotherspoon does it sometimes. Yeah, that's um, the entire camera, though, isn't it? Yeah. Not the... Okay, uh, we're going to jump over to Psychic. Mm-hmm. So they show um, in the. Uh, copyright music trailer with um or um 
a David Bowie over it. That was a lot of um in in game in inverted commas footage, um so stage stuff. But I think quite a lot of that was done using like in game camera, and that doesn't have any HUD on it. So I think we might be relatively relatively okay in getting something that maybe doesn't have in game like any HUD to it in the same way that you you can you can do it in your ship. I imagine you can turn it, you will be able to get rid of it entirely for um, reasons of prettiness. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope shot. you're right, and I think this is why Frontier are deliberately misreading the question. Yeah, I yeah. think they're misreading the question on this one. Because, all right, Mal, you first. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I was going to say, is I think it's just a misread on the question. For For me, I think what they're saying is, no, you can't turn your HUD off while you're in first person walking around playing the game. But I think in camera mode, we'll have the same options, at least I hope we will, that we get for ship camera mode where we can, you know, turn the, turn the, um, you know, turn things off and on and stuff like that. Um, and I would, I would be surprised if that control alt G didn't work when you're on foot. But if it, if it doesn't, I mean, I mean if it turns out you can't, that would just be a weird disconnect of, you know, something you could do in your ship that you can't do on foot. Right. Well, we're going to leave that one. Um, oh, according to the, to the Wintermute, um, you can't actually turn the HUD off on the consoles. <laughs> and Chris has said, well, maybe we need to go to an engineer to get a selfie stick in order to do our vanities. <laughs> Horrible image of all these commanders walking around with selfie sticks now trying to. <laughs> ben would love a self-extending selfie stick. Engineering, wouldn't you, Ben? I think we'll leave that there before things get out of hand. That's what you said um, about the selfie stick. Sorry. Oh God. Talking about that, Dockers was out this week as well. I was going to mention that later in the appropriate <laughs> section. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just thinking about things being extending. Ah. Uh... And again, Mal and Psychit, I can only apologise. This is it. This is them being pleasant. That's, that's quite all right. I had a good idea what to expect with Ben, so it's fine. <laughs> We've got this um, big question that uh, we're all hoping that they'll answer: is can we hide from other players' radar? No. Um, they have said we are still in the process of PvP, and that will work. So we can't confirm an answer on this just yet. Now, I don't know about you, but I was hoping that they'd have this down by Shan. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing as you. It was like, surely they've got that designed out by now, especially if if it was going to be originally going to be launched around April time. You'd want, and that's that's more than a balance question, though, isn't it? How it works is not really a balance question, it's a design question. So, yeah, I think I'm with you, Colin. um, Okay, it's like it. I'm sure they know this already. I'm, yeah. I'm sure this is deliberately them them going. Yeah, no, we we don't know, and we don't know how to review it. Means we're putting together a video that shows exactly how this is going to work, and you're going to have to wait until that comes out. Well, this is all this is all big happy time. Uh, ben, exactly what Psychic just said, which is mostly why I said <laughs> let's not go first. Yeah. Uh, so, well, that's that's basically the interface stuff. I think we're all hoping that. You'll be able to sneak around and and basically backstab people. <sighs> Jan, I wouldn't. Do anyway, that. <laughs> I think it'll be like um, Silent Running, where you can turn off your 
transponder or your shield or something like that. But then that has an effect on life support. So you can only do it for a certain amount of time. That's why I suspect he will be something like, because that's a reasonable trade-off then between stealth and jeopardy. Excellent. That is, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I'm just hoping that we'll still be able to do it. Anyway, um, the next section they wanted to talk about was NPCs in Odyssey. So um, first question was, uh, will they be able to use uh, NPCs as team combat? Or will it be just other players? Now, I take it this means recruiting NPCs to your team. Um, they've said combat zones will be a mix of both computer AI characters and players on both sides. Uh, mm, Shan? Um, yeah, it's interesting, because if you want to lose, make sure you recruit NPCs on your team. Some of the games have been all right. Have you seen how rubbish uh, pilot, fighter pilots are? I think this is another misread by Frontier. Um, I think what they're looking at, what they're saying is responding to it in the same way that um, you can go and join a side in a conflict zone. Um, Like, at the moment, you can join a side and there will be NPCs fighting for you, there will be NPCs fighting against you. No matter what mode you're in, you can go and do that. I think that is what um, what they're suggesting for... In that response, is that combat zones are going to be a mix of both your computer AI and players in the same way that conflict zones are currently um, like that. I don't think it's going to be a case that you can recruit an NPC to be in your wing. Um, I don't think that that's going to be the thing. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I was there thinking, do they mean recruiting NPCs to your your wing or your party or whatever they're going to? Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's both because you can have uh, NPC pilot crew can't you to be in your wing so to speak and then you can have humans in there so maybe it's both interesting no you can only have npc no you yeah if you've got a wing you've got npc pilots as well um ben see i'm seeing this as one of two things actually it could be a little bit like playing a moba where you know the npcs are essentially you know just flack you gotta get through and then you've got the actual player commanders who are the real the real deal, shall we say. Uh, but then I also think that, you know, there are certain player commanders who, frankly, I think I'd rather have an NPC playing instead of them. <laughs> Not to name any fl- names, Flossie. Oh, that's, that's mean. You can't be cruel to Flossie, even though we all Flossie know... Hasn't, Flossie hasn't killed... In the real game in a spaceship, I can't see Flossie getting a gun out and murdering people. Uh, maybe they're on a, maybe they'll enjoy a murderous rampage. Maybe this is what they're waiting for. Maybe maybe shooting blowing up spaceships isn't personal enough to vent that rage. Well, Flossie's actually a knife fighter. You know, yeah. She needs to see the white of their eyes. Right. Uh, um, next one. Um, do on-foot NPCs spawn per instance, or is there some sort of permanence? So is it timed like space uh, points of interest? And it says settlement AI is spawned based on the settlement team and state. Um, star system factors will also affect the AI difficulty. So the BGS has an effect. So, uh, yeah, Jan. 
I was thinking with the BGS aspect, do you remember what we were talking about last week about the delay to the console release and how First Foot and BGS and stuff would be affected? If you turn the BGS off to, if you like, tied PC players over until the console release, then would that then affect the settlement AI that spawned? Because the BGS state isn't then influenced by the Odyssey stuff. Well, I would hope that they'd say it's still influenced, it just doesn't affect. So it's kind of like it reads only from the from the present BGS state and doesn't write back. Maybe. But again, we're, we're prefacing all this with when you just see it in action. Mm-hmm. It's an awful lot of that. Um, right, so this is, this is a big one. <laughs> Does oxygen level impact combat ability? Does this apply to NPCs as well? Now, they've answered with the following. If your suit loses power, its life support will shut down, causing the suit's air emergency supply to be used. If the emergency air is fully depleted, then you start to asphyxiate, uh, making aiming and locomotion much more difficult. Loss of suit power will also stop you using your assisted jump, and your audio would change, lowering your awareness of what's happening around you. This does not affect AI. As you will be, as they use consumable batteries to recharge their suit, quiet. Right, Shan, you first. Yes, I was a little bit puzzled, but also a little bit disappointed reading this because the way they've written it. Again, I'm going to preface it with "I need to see it work." Is it's. And I, I understand NPCs need to have certain advantages over a human player because generally human players are better. But it makes it sound as though every encounter with an NPC will be a straightforward DPS race, i.e. you shoot it before it shoots you. And the subtlety of sabotaging or using subsystems against them will not be a factor. And Yes, someone mentioned Guild Wars in there as well, so I am going to mention that. But in in the original Guild Wars, um, NPCs and players had, a, if you like, a secondary bar that was determined energy. So you couldn't use a skill or you couldn't do certain things unless you had sufficient energy to make it happen. And there, there, was, there was a class in Guild Wars called the Mesmer. And what that would do is that would specifically interrupt or drain another player's energy, thus making them being unable to do certain skills, whether it's a healing or a damage or whatever. So that added a degree of crowd control to combat. And if you can't CC an NPC, then that really limits combat possibilities. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds to me as if they're, they're not bothering with the uh, <clears throat> the life support thing at all, because it just says to me that oh no, they'll always have disposable battery. Anyway, Mal. Yeah, that's going to be my only question: is where do I get these batteries? If I kill an NPC, <laughs> can I take his batteries? Is there a store I can go to? Because like. If the mechanic is already there in the code, it seems like it should be something that we could get to use also. What, to recharge the suit up? Yeah. Yeah, like kind of like, think about it like um, like a shield cell bank, but for power mm. for your suit. Like uh, uh, a you know, single-use item that maybe has a longer recharge time or you have to you know 
refill it at a station or a settlement or something, but it would be nice to have something that would allow you to do that. Ah, completely agree. Psych it. Exactly what Mal said. Um, I where, where's my consumable battery? But also, um, they're prob- they might be using consumable batteries in the same way that we're and um, we could use um, synthesis. So uh, another reason for engineering materials, um, we could synthesize it. I'm assuming. I don't know. We'll find out. And back to Shannon. Yes, I guess I was just going through the combat mechanics of this and. One of the great things about having a more varied combat mechanic other than just straight DPS race is it allows other classes or other suit types to be useful in the game. Because if you've got a pure DPS and DPS is the only thing that counts in killing an NPC, then the player's build will forego a lot of the variations in suits and stuff that we've seen, and they'll just go straight out DPS all the time, which kind of is a shame because you're you don't need to have a class CCing or stunning an NPC. <clears throat> you don't need to have necessarily a medic to heal you up or recharge you. You just load up, pull the damage characters, and just pull out everything. And I need to see how this works because it's. It's potentially very bad for very combat. It could be as simple as that you might need in your team different classes to get past different obstacles. But, you know, fighting is still fighting. Well, moving on to the next one. It sort of says, uh, how does energy levels impact combat ability? Is it just about your shield generator? And do NPCs have the same energy constraint? It says, energy levels are critical to combat as this powers your shield. This supply is not infinite, so know when and where to activate your shields will be the key. Uh, Sean? They didn't answer the NPC question. <laughs> they didn't, because they won't. Conspicuously they didn't answer. So, I don't. So, and that's the sort of thing I'd like to see, because if you can, if, I don't know, you could find a fine ion cannon that disrupts the shield or stops them activating the shield when they want to, that's, again... The Guild Wars people will know the Mesmer, but that's the sort of thing the Mesmer did, or is that they would you could see a character activating a heal skill or their shield or whatever you want to call it and interrupt it. You could stop them and deny them access to that for a while. And that adds a extra tactical variation to the game. If it's just, oh, I've got a certain pool of energy and I've got to be careful when I run my battery, uh, I don't know. It just seemed it, it seems very unreal tournamenty to me. Well, this is the thing. I mean, are they aiming for a kind of unreal tournament experience? Are they aiming for a Mass Effect experience? Or are they wanting sort of combat slowed down that it might as well be, you know, an MMO? What do you guys think of that? I'm kind of wanting, if I'm honest, I want an Elite Dangerous experience. I don't want one of these other games. And I know they're going to emulate some of these games. I... I honestly couldn't give two shits about Guild Wars, so if I, I'm I'm happy to see what they what they come up with and what they come come up with rather than going oh but I really want it to be I really want it to be a different game I want it to be that I want it to be X Y and Z let's see what they come to us with and um, take take it from there basically yeah well I, I'm not saying I want it to be another Guild Wars what, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to relate my gaming experience. And trying to sort of 
try and equate what I'm reading with my previous experience. But I, I think you're right, Si. I want an elite dangerous experience, but for me, enjoyable combat is not about DPS races. It's a an ability to use various techniques and tactics to overcome what I'm up against uh, in varying ways, not just a straight who can can they, can I damage them before they damage me? So I don't know. I, I I will need to play and see it, but I think the Unreal Tournament side it's easier to program an Unreal Tournament where you just run around a level and shoot things and don't have to worry about um, tactical or use of your. I, I think you. I think you'll see the Unreal Tournament side, um, as it were, in like um, the CQC on foot environment. I think that's why we're going to see like the run and gunningness of it all. I, I'm, I am hopeful for more of a tactical um, su- support. Uh, support sniper on a hill, someone who's got a little bit of healing to help out, someone who can be a little bit stealthy. Depending on the type of mission, sometimes the mission may call for going in all guns blazing. But I think um, I'm optimistic that they will they will um, create that balance. I'm hoping anyway. This is why I'm so worried that Frontier aren't going to give us zero G. Um, it's just if they gave us a full full on zero G combat in appropriate scenarios, it would actually mean Elite Dangerous's on sort of on foot combat is actually a different game. I don't uh, think we'll get that quite well. I don't think we're gonna get it I don't either. Think we'll get it in this to this this thing. I mean, I do agree with sorry. I do agree with Sai what they what they talked about, and that's my wish too. But if you look at how combat is versus ships now, I mean, they're supposed to not have infinite chaff or whatever, mm-hmm. but, but they, do. they do. And have you tried shooting out a power plant on a ship recently? <laughs> it's absolutely chuffing useless. You know, so and it, it didn't used to be. You used to be able to knock out a power plant, and the ship would be disabled. And that was if you're going up against an anaconda or a larger ship, and in a smaller, less powerful ship, you could you could railgun. Do we know how or why that was removed, by the way? Um, so that's the sort of variation in combat I'm talking about, where you can aim for subsystems. I mean, I'm quite sad. For example, I can't shoot out an NPC's um, life support system. Uh, I want to shoot an NPC's leg off. When we haven't got zero G combat anyway, I want to see them fall down. Because you can't shoot out a ship's canopy, for example, <laughs> but you can a players. So I, I, I'm concerned about this, obviously, but I'm open minded enough to think, well, they must know people want the sort of combat size so talking about. So therefore, we won't mess it up. I used to be an outpost guard until someone shot me in the. Um, Psychic. They've already mentioned that there's going to be sort of like those stealth um, esque type missions. So um, I would be, I, I feel incredibly optimistic in saying that I think they're still going to be there. Um, the the thing about power plants, um, if we get our power plant shot out, we go down to forty percent efficiency. Is that right? Still, it's about fifty. Okay, so is, is that not the same now with a with an NPC? They don't go out completely because they no. they definitely do go down. And they they lose the ability to ch- charge some things when you when you fight them and you take out their power plant and also Ish. if you take out their power plant you gain a 
bigger chance of getting a critical hit on them, which explodes them before all of their um, uh, their she or all of their hull goes down. Yeah, mm. I, think, I think at the moment what happens is that the the ship will go dead for a few seconds, and it's like them doing a repair and reboot, and it comes back full strength. I haven't noticed it going dead or coming back full strength. I've noticed it going dead and like not being able to use its shields and everything at the same time. The thing is, if so you add up, what we have. yeah, if you add up the power of the loadout they're carrying and what they use after you've destroyed their power plant, that sum comes to more than fifty percent of the power plant. Um, and we and we're told they don't use engineered power plants unless they are in combat zones and things like that. Right, we're going to, we're going to leave this because otherwise we'll be discussing the <laughs> the power plant uh, mechanic for here in the end of the day because I know people are enthusiastic about it. Um, right, next question: Can NPCs get into NPC vehicles or ships for combat, or are they treated separately? They've said on foot NPCs do not get into vehicles; they can deploy from dropships. Uh, I assume they mean vehicles can dropships. So I don't think we'll have a Battlefront 2 situation where you people jump into other sh- uh, NPCs that jump into, into tanks and start running at you with tanks. Next question after that, do on-foot NPCs chase you? Uh, yes. If you've given the NPCs reason, they will pursue you. That's I can just see a Benny Hill chase across the planet with all the NPCs chasing after you. Yeah, but if they try and take any of the clothes off, they asphyxiate. So, you know, that's going to be a long chase. <sighs> they don't asphyxiate. They've got infinite batteries. Um, is combat AI scripted for new settlements, or is the AI clever to adapt itself to open terrain and uh, obstacles? It says AI will actively investigate areas, findings, use cover, and communicate to Enforcements. Okay. Um Jan? I I want to know what level of AI they're talking about because Half Life Two AI used to do this. Well you'll need you you will need guards and stuff like that to patrol a certain Yeah, area. but what I'm saying is there's it, it, a world of difference between the A AI and Half Life Two that did all this stuff, you know, investigate report findings, use covering Half-Life 2 AI did this. But there's an awful lot of difference between a Half-Life 2 AI and the modern FPS AI in the ability to do this. So that's that's what my question to that is. What level are we talking about? Anybody else want to jump on this one? Any information on the scope of line of sight for the AI? And it says AI line of sight will be governed in the same way as the players is. So obviously you've still got the same a field of view. Uh, will they have aimbots? <laughs> will NPCs engage in combat without player input? Uh, they said, if you are wanted, NPCs may engage you without provocation. I think that's a good thing. It is, that goes the... back to the AI question, though, doesn't it? Well, could you herd all the NPCs up, make like a kill box, where you can just like mow them down like lemmings? Yeah. Um, Will oxygen levels affect NPCs? Um, AI will not be affected by oxygen levels in the same way a player is. So, there's your Benny yeah. Hill. <laughs> right. 
Will NPCs have different states depending on the time of combat, i.e. when they will be asleep if a player attacks at night? And it says NPCs will not have a time of day state, so they'll be ready to fight no matter what the time of day. That makes sense to me, actually, because you're not going to have all the guards go to sleep. You're going to have a round-the-clock shift pattern, I'm quite sure. It depends, though. If if it's a named NPC, I wouldn't expect said named NPC to be guarding the same door no matter the time of day I'm there. You would expect to see a different NPC on a different time. Yeah, but Shan, this is going to be just like the NPC name generation we get at the moment. So, you know, they're going to pick a name out of a hat, call him Bob, and then he's going to despawn a bit later and Fred will come in. Despawn a bit later, Joe will come back. Despawn a bit later, maybe it's Fred again. You know, who knows? It's just going to be random, same as we've got them, I think. You're right, yeah. It's a bit of a shame, but okay. Will we see ground combat between NPC factions like we do in conflict zones? Yes, conflict zones will be a mix of AI and players. Uh, that kind of goes back to the first question that we've had about NPCs, really. Um, so, will you consider adding superpower navy armors to ground combat, i.e., NPCs wearing Imperial or Federation uniforms, or such armor being available to players? It could prove a very potent world building tool. Um, we're always looking at what customization option players would like to see in the game. This says to me, oh, uh, wait until you see it in the store. I think it's on its way. I don't know. Could, could, you, could you steal a uniform from a player or from an NPC? So, I don't know. Let's say ben, Ben's got this fancy Imperial Navy uniform with, I don't know, spangly medals on it, like Arnold Rinder or something like that. And then could you go in and steal it and let, leave Ben in his underpants? Just the the thought of Ben in his underpants is bad enough. Psycho. <laughs> well, <laughs> that image aside, um, <laughs> Sorry we, <laughs> oh my god, that have totally lost my train of thought. I'm not in a, a good settlement way. littered with NPCs and players all in their underwear. That's <laughs> that's what we're looking at. Like they've already confirmed that we're not going to be able to like half inch other people's ships as well. So I reckon it's very unlikely that we're going to be able to nick other. Um, Nick their outfits as well, uh, uh, despite how fun that would seem. I would make yeah. a fortune selling them back to them. <laughs> I was no, going to say the same thing. Yeah. I was going to say no. it. It it doesn't make sense uh, to me that we would be able to do that since it's not a mechanic that's already in game. Like if, uh, like if 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 I come across Ben in game and in or Psykit and I destroy their ship, I don't get their engineered FSD. Um, so if that's not a mechanic they're planning to implement, um, you know, I, I if they're not going to implement it for ships, I don't see why they would implement it for for on foot. What a disguise option or something like that by using someone's uniform. Um, <laughs> you'd have to be inside the base because, uh, yeah. Um, Are you a little small for a stormtrooper? <laughs> essentially, yeah. <laughs> We've been told we can't um, customize our NPCs in terms of body shape and things. So I'm not sure that would work in terms of trying to get someone else's uniform to fit you. Yeah, That makes me sad that we can't have heights and things like that and weights. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the 
because you know what will happen. They will just make a commander too big for the actual chair. Because <laughs> I don't know if any of you ever, any of you have been on an economy flight coming back from oh. the states. And I've, yeah. I've them, <laughs> if that was a British carrier or a US carrier, um, and I'm not I, I'm not meaning any offence, Mal. I flew Delta. <laughs> oh God, never again. Okay, I don't know the truth behind this, but I heard that US carriers have slightly larger chairs than EU ones. Okay, no? Nope. Okay. I mean, (laughs) I'm reasonably skinny. I had trouble fitting There's nothing to you, Colin. (laughs) And the final question. Will there be some kind of on-foot system authorities? Yes. Omnipol. (laughs) They are often kitted out with the best gear, so they turn up. uh, So if they turn up, make sure it's not for you. Um, this is the first time I've heard of Omnipol. Has anybody heard of Omnipol before? Didn't they make the Ed 209? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so is that it? Is that who Omnipol are? We're just going to have Robocops. I think they'll be like the um, system authorities. So system. Apparently, oh, apparently Omnipol is a company based in Prague specialising in trading of defence and aerospace equipment. Right. They've done well for um, themselves in 3307. They really have, yeah. In the UK, Omni- Omnipol might be doing tax return. Many successful businesses trust Omnipol. Grow your business and take and let us take care of the counting, leaving you more time to earn your money. Maybe they merged. I don't know. So accountants that are armed. Okay. That makes a lot of sense to me, Frank. Right. Well, um, that brings us to the uh, end of the questions that they sent us, uh, that, that they put out. Um, just quickly go around the group. What is, what is your basic impression of this? Is it, is it a good set of answers? Do you feel that it, it's done its job properly? It's like the Q&A equivalent of a Happy Meal, <laughs> in that it satisfies you for 10 minutes, but you always want more. As much as I hate to agree with Shan, I think I do. Um, I mean, there were some good answers in there. There's some answers that very definitely feel like dodges. Frankly, at this stage, I think we just need to wait and see. Guess so. Psych it. Yeah, I think um, we'll just wait for a... It, it's it's gonna be It's going to be what it will be until we can actually get behind get out on foot, put our feet on on the ground and actually see what everything is like from any information that they give us um, just isn't, for me, isn't going to be satisfactory until I can actually experience it myself and figure out how it's good, how I can work around it. And Mal? You know, talking about this with you all um, and kind of going back to our question or to the question earlier about like, is this going to be a viable format for their their question and answer. I almost wish that in cases where they give us information, like I, I want them to make this a YouTube based thing or a video based thing where they say, where you say, do NPCs chase you on foot? Yes. A given reason they will pursue you. Show us a clip in game in the alpha of like some NPCs chasing someone on foot. Um, show us a picture in game of what it looks like when just like little blurbs, it doesn't have to be big stuff. It doesn't have to be fully produced. Just like 
this is what we're going for. This is the this is current state for stuff that they can release that is represented in alpha. Um, I would love to see little like video clips saying like you asked about oxygen. Here's what oxygen looks like in the game. I feel like that would go over way way better than this because we give the uh, community gives them a question, they give us an answer, and then we have to guess like did they get the the spirit of that question correctly. I mean that that is a good point. Actually, seeing some game examples of, of as answers would probably be, um, yeah, it goes a long way to actually clarifying their position. To be honest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah, at least at least we're actually getting information. At least it's it's better than <laughs> better <laughs> some than of the nothing. drought that we've had to deal with in the last year. So, <clears throat> anyway. Um, now, as you're all aware, we have Psychit and Mal with us today. Uh, and one of the reasons we invited them onto the show was so that they could talk about their own podcast. Well, their what? own podcast being Flight, the Flight Assist podcast. That's um, right, yeah. would, would, you two, would either of you two like to give our listeners uh, a quick briefing of what it's about? I will go. Um, it is a showcase it's kind of alec turner put it best when he said that it feels like it's the desert island discs of elite dangerous um it is not a reactionary piece of content like um like uh live radio is like um other other podcasts are that are out there it isn't reactionary it is designed in some aspects to be um, timeless and focus in, instead of focusing purely on Elite Dangerous, it focuses more on people's experiences. Um, so we have a guest or a couple of guests on each week. Um, we talk to them about what they've been up to, up to in game, um, the different commanders that they're hanging out with, how they started and what they're looking up to the future. We take them sort of through their elite dangerous journey, as it were. And we have like a standard set of questions that we ask every guest. um, And then we let those answers kind of lead the conversation after the questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And that way we get, we have sort of a a, a standardized format for for, for the interview, but it's it becomes about those answers and about those experiences instead of being just very uh very kind of cut and dry and it lets the guest kind of determine the level of detail and level of information that you want to uh that you want to that you want to share uh on the podcast um excellent yes and you have got a reputation for being the nicest people to uh to talk to uh on what? on the various podcasts well, oh, yeah. I am a really nice person. People keep forgetting <laughs> this. We're we're really nice people. <laughs> See, Shan, this is your example. This is nice. Poor Shan. Not what you think is nice. <laughs> anyway. Um, I am nice. <laughs> yes, but Shan, when Psychic says it, we part. You believe me wholeheartedly and you don't even doubt it. But in actual <laughs> fact, I'm an arsehole. <laughs> I just get away with it. Ah, dear. Anyway, Ben, you had something to ask? I did, actually. I was, um... I first of all started listening, actually, on you. What happened? Sorry, you cut out a little bit there, Ben. Sorry. You had a YouTube thing, which got your first four episodes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
What happened to the rest of the episodes on YouTube? They, they that take... is an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. But we we edit all of our episodes, and then we um, Mal and I. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to either Mal or I's stream, but we're pretty extra with our content and what we put out. Um, so each episode take can take up to like fourteen hours to um, export because we're extra. Um, so once we've done all of the editing, normally one of us is going to jump in to stream or we're, we're working or there's another project that we have to start doing, like a YouTube thing or something like that. And um, we don't have 14 hours for our, our computer to render something um, in no. order to upload it, which was kind of the main reason. But on the plus yeah. side, it is available everywhere else <laughs> that's true that's true and one of the other things that we ran into was when we when we first started the podcast we originally were going to do like maybe an episode a month or one every two weeks um and we didn't expect it to actually be popular like it is so like the production schedule ramped up we ended up going once a week um and then between you know um needing our computers from like uh for like you know working from home and doing stream and all that stuff it just there wasn't there wasn't a machine available to do uh to do all the stuff that we needed to do and to have one kind of like relegated to rendering the after effects stuff for um for uh for YouTube and we just like kind of made the executive decision to put that to the side uh until we could come back to it like during the yeah. break yeah, so we're on break at the moment, and the idea, um, the idea is in this sort of break between seasons, um, we're going to be uploading some of these episodes onto our YouTube as well. Eventually, uh, I think I think we've got a couple on the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. We've got a couple yep. on the way. Um, should be most of them. I would have thought, uh, most of them, maybe at least half of the first season will be uploaded by the time. Season two. Season rolls two around. rolls. Around. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, well, obviously we know about. Yeah. Deadlines are fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and exactly. We have a producer now who kicks our ass at every opportunity yep. to make us stop doing, <laughs> to yeah, make us do stuff on time. Yeah. There's a reason why, you know, the YouTube and the Twitch content are essentially, you know, I, sort of topped and tailed in. Twitch, uh, and then just le leave it alone. Um, before we were doing restream, obviously we'd I'd do the Twitch export over to YouTube and just let Twitch's computers on the cloud handle everything. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. We have doing to top it from and tail. our own PC would be a nightmare. Mm. Yeah, we have to <laughs> top and tail and hope the hell that Ben hasn't said something that gets us banned, so, <laughs> which isn't the case. <laughs> So I thought it would be only fair to give people a kind of, kind of a, a an idea of of what what yours about. So we thought we would steal your lightning round right. and fire it straight back at the pair of you. Okay. Okay. So you didn't listen to episode one or two when we've already answered these, then. Ah, uh, I, I have. I have because <laughs> I've watched them on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. It's fine. It's fine. We can answer these nice. again. It's not a problem. The answers well, may have changed case, since episode this one. Means, 
into, you know. So this means we can actually do it timed. So if you know your answers, we'll see who's done it the fastest, thus being the lightning round. Fair. Fair You just wait until you listen to Nick Lambert's. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Are we ready? Psych it. Are you ready for your lightning round? Absolutely. Okay. Starting. What is your favourite ship? Corvette. What is your least favourite ship? Ask Scout. Best ship in the Corvette. game. Corvette. Worst ship in the game. Ask Scout. <laughs> favourite station. That's changed. It's Kremen's Westfight. Favourite system. Hip three 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 six eight. True or false? There is a free anaconda in Hutton Orbital. Absolutely, there is. Engineered or vanilla modules in your ships? <laughs> Engineered. Alliance, Federation, Empire, or Independent? Independent. If you run out of gas, do you call the fuel rats or do you suicide? Well, my favourite power play leader is um, Ashling Deval, but I would call the fuel rats. Um, you me. have low hull. You have low hull. Do you call the hull seals or keep going or do you suicide? I keep going and hope for the best. Call me. Is there a, is there a free carrier at Beagle Point? A free fleet carrier at Beagle Point? No, there is not. There is no reason for you to go to Beagle. Thargoid's friend, foe, or undetermined? So. Flight assist on or off? On. And there we have it. That was one minute, 15 seconds. I, th- I think that was well done. Right, Mal, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Uh, three, two, one. What's your favorite ship? Imperial Clipper. What's your least favorite ship? Anaconda. Best ship in the game? Chieftain. Chieftain. Worst ship in the game? Asp Scout. Favorite station? Flying Survey Pathamon. Favorite system? Highest HSHD11-5 or the Twins Garden. True or false, there is a free anaconda at Hutton Orbital? True. Engineered or vanilla modules in your ship? Engineered. Alliance Federation, Empire, or Independent? Independent. Who's your favourite power play leader? Ashling Dahl. If you're on a gas, do you call the fuel rats or do you suicide? Fuel rats. If you have low hull, do you call the hull seals, keep going, or suicide? Hull seals. Free fleet, fleet carrier at Beagle Point? Absolutely true. <laughs> Fra- Thargoids, friend four or undetermined? Foe. So, flight assist on or off? Off. Right, one minute 38. I, I yeah, think you did I ask him an one. extra question, though. Oh, you oh did. hang on. Did you I didn't ask me out? who my favourite power play leader was. So I reckon it was oh. about the same. Oh, look at that. That's, that's what you want. <laughs> you want people <laughs> that come understand. Who hosts? <laughs> there we go. So there you have it. If you want more lightning rounds, then uh, tune in to the uh, Flight Assist podcast. Uh, normally received every Monday. Mm-hmm. Not at the <laughs> moment, though. Not yeah. at the moment. We are we are starting season two on um, the 23rd of February. Right. That is, that is, that is our, our day. We're having a bit of a launch party on the 20th on Mouse Twitch channel. 20th of February. That's excellent. Well, we're going to uh, wrap up the main discussion section for the moment, and uh, we'll be back.
just after this. Lave Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. And welcome back. Uh, the Community Corner, where we cover what everybody's been up to within the game. Um, now, Reddit user Lock and Loser bought the um, <laughs> the domain name HTTP where the are my hardpoints.com and have redirected the wonderful ship and not uh, anatomy website by TLD, uh, the awesome website we mentioned the other week, showing you where all the ship's hardpoints are. So <laughs> if you want to know where everything is, um, where the my hardpoints are.com is the place to go. One of the other people that uh, we like to see from is the High Wake, who do animations based in the uh, Elite Dangerous uh, universe. We, they've got come up with a new one called My First Asteroid. This is time telling a story of a wannabe miner on his first expedition. Mm. Does it end well, Ben, by any chance? He doesn't die. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll not spoil it. No, I'm trying not to. What's this about Dav Diary? One of the CMs, instead of saying Dev Diary, said Dav Diary. And that just <laughs> led LCU No Fool Like One into thinking what a Dav Diary would be. And Jude and Wotherspoon basically ran with it. And it's amazing and it's funny. And it's well, it's, it's well worth a listen. Right, next up, we have... Uh, well, yes, on the 25th of, of January, um, fellow YouTuber... Down to Earth Astronomy uh, put out a video comparing the other space games development diaries with Frontiers. Now we'll supply the link to this in the show notes. Uh, the too long didn't read is that he thinks that RSI at the moment are doing proper dev diaries and all FDev are doing our marketing fluff pieces. Now this has divided people a little bit here on this radio show. We'll let you make your own mind make up. Your own opinion. Yeah. Uh, we also have the highlights of the Farseer Inc. Desiat, um race six of the Scarab Mastery Championship. Now these are the the Scarab races that um, the that are associated with the Bucky Balls Ballers, um, and they've they've put together um, a summary of the of the latest one, which uh, we will supply in the show notes. Now the final thing: the core regions in search of Gwyndola. The Silverback Squadrons are heading an expedition to Sagittarius A and Explorers Anchorage. We're taking a curved route up and across the Sagittarius Carina arm and the, oh great, <laughs> Suctum Centaurus arm, taking in the Serenus Transit and part of the Norman Expanse and Arcadia stream before heading into the core regions somewhere near the Teal Nebula. Their objectives are to reach the core regions, collect biological samples, search for points of interest in this uh, circ in this transit, review the systems and boundaries discovered as part of the Dryman survey uh, and the Anorax expedition in 3303, search for points of interest traversing the galactic arms between Dryman Ridge and the Galapius, and survey the peripheries of the Teal Nebula and visit the Guardian Ruins. Uh, deliver supplies to the FSSA fleet carriers and, of course, Explorers Anchorage. They're going to depart on the 3rd of February. The duration is approximately three months. You can see the expedition on EDSM. Please contact Commander Junangyu on Inara 
or join the Lodu Weds branch Discord server. So plenty of things um, still happening in the community. So I guess the, the next thing that we really have to ask is, has anybody got any other business they would like to, to bring up before we, we begin to close out the show? Um, there has been a new Star Wars Squadron update for those that are still playing Star Wars Squadrons, uh, just basically new bobbleheads and things like that, But and a few bug fixes, which are always useful. However... No, this leaves us with just the shout-outs. So um, we'd like to say hi to our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio. It broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30 GMT. You can tune in at twitch.tv, Hutton Orbital Truckers, or just, if you want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. Uh, for those of you who want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, please subscribe to the Data Sleep podcast created by Station Commander Stroud. Following this, we have the amazing Galnet News Digest supplied by Commander Witherspoon with contributions by Commander Beetlejuice. And we'd also like to give shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts which have appeared uh, quite recently. So there's obviously these uh, Loose Screws, there's Elite Week, um, there is the Flight Assist podcast. Uh, for Spanish speakers, there is the Elite cast. Uh, there's a Canon podcast and the Fatherhood podcast. All are available on your favorite podcatcher. Um, so, Psychic, Mel, do you want to give one final plug? Flightassistpodcast.com. Um, also, I got the date wrong because I'm an idiot and I've been shouted at already, but it's the 22nd and not the 23rd. Season Excellent. two coming up. Season two. Right. Um, so, Ben, have you had people giving you a flyby while you've been hanging around uh, Leaf Station? I have indeed. I've been. I'm currently snuggled up in a in a nice dark hole with Paul Archer and Miggles. Fair enough. Um, I don't think any other questions are really needed there. That is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. You can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 GMT and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Ben, thanks to Shan, uh, thanks to Mal for the win, thanks to Psykit, and special thanks, of course, goes to today's tech specialist, the Chris Mark IV. So, until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. I'm going 
Forget the Uranus talk. This is the new outro. You've been dying for something to replace your Uranus. (laughs) I don't know. I'm quite attached to this one, to be honest. News Digest, 26th of January, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, ulterior serious motive suspected. The fuel rats that just won't stop. Non-pilots on planets. Vincent points the finger. Ulterior serious motive suspected. with both Sirius and Utopia claiming to be collecting data to demonstrate the quality of security they can offer galactic leaders at the summit that no one asked for, some observers have started to suspect that there may be a different reason for the two organisations wanting so much data. This is, after all, the data used for engineering things like frameshift drive interdictors and power distributors and for making weapons efficient. The sorts of things that private navies would benefit from. And who has the biggest private navy in the galaxy? Oh yes, that would be Sirius Corporation, wouldn't it? Soon, Sirius will be boasting ships that can jump further, that can interdict more swiftly and with more efficient weapons. And who will we have to blame? Only ourselves. Meanwhile... The utopian commune probably just wants to upload all the data to the SIM archive. The nutty nut nibblers of that happy hippie commune like to think that the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe and everything is to load it all up into a huge data archive so that instead of interacting with the real universe, we use computer screens instead. How crazy is that? There are... In any case, signs that many commanders have decided they quite like to hang on to those precious engineering materials, thank you very much, and that the paltry 50 million credit top bonus currently on offer really doesn't provide adequate compensation. The real currency of the galaxy, after all, is not credits, but materials. The fuel rats that just won't stop. They said they wanted to get to 100,000 rescues, but the fuel rats don't seem to know when to stop. 
Having set that supremely ambitious target, you'd have thought the hydrogen-toting rodents would have been glad to hang up their limpet controllers when that hit the magic 100,000 jackpot on the 22nd of January. But here we are, four days later, and they've already messed up the row of five zeros by rescuing 350 more commanders, over and above the 100,000. We need to face facts here. The fuel rats aren't going anywhere. You can take the gas out of the gas tank, but you can't take the gas tank out of the fuel out of the fuel rat or something non-pilots on planets the pilots federation has continued with its series of briefing talks aimed at getting commanders familiar with planet side etiquette ahead of the planned planetary permits will night vision be available on the hud yes it will if you're willing to spend time and effort upgrading your suit Otherwise, you'll have a torch. Or if you're from the Federation, we have a special offer. <laughs> you can have a flashlight. Can we turn the spacesuit hood off like we can turn the spaceship hood off? No, no, you cannot. What a silly idea. Can we hide from another commander's radar? We don't know yet. Try popping a heat sink against your suit. Quite apart from possibly becoming invisible to radar, you have the added advantage of cryogenic preservation. Will we be able to team up with people who are not members of the Pilots' Federation in combat? Yeah, you can team up with fellow commanders and other inhabitants of the galaxy. Probably not Thargoids, though. Does oxygen level impact combatability? If you run out of emergency oxygen you will asphyxiate, making aiming and locomotion more difficult and death a whole lot easier. If you lose suit power, perhaps because you use your shields for too long, you won't be able to use the jetpack and your headphones won't work. doesn't affect people other than Pilot Federation members because they negotiated better battery packs, better oxygen spy, better shields with their employers. That's a big fail for the Pilot's Federation. Will be on foot system authority? Yes, there will. Watch out for the well-kitted-out Omnipole authorities. They are excellent at drop-kicking the buttocks of miscreants out of town when they deploy from their drop ships. Vincent points the finger. The trial of Fleet Admiral Vincent has already got off to an exciting start with the accused accusing the Liberal Party whose leader is accused of attempting to murder, of attempting to murder their own leader. That leader who someone attempted to murder back in 3301, only to end up killing several hundred other people, but not the leader, is Jasmina Halsey, who's back on Mars after nearly five years as an advisor to the Alliance Prime Minister and is, by all accounts, ready to spill the beans about who was caught red-handed in the engine room with the spanner. Except we already know who the murderer was. That was Chief Technician Rory Webster. And he says it wasn't the Liberal Party that was trying to murder the Liberal Party leader, but it was the accused in this trial. Fleet Admiral Vincent, who ordered him to sabotage the ship. And this is, after all, the very reason Fleet Admiral Vincent is on trial in the first place. Now, all we need is for Fleet Admiral Vincent to admit that in giving orders to Chief Technician Rory Webster, he was in turn following the orders of then Shadow President Hudson for the Federal Power Play map to start looking 
very sickly indeed. Meanwhile, over in the Alliance, the Prime Minister, that Halsey advises when she isn't giving evidence against the federal president's best friend, Edmund Mahon, is facing stiff competition in his re-election contest from Councillor Nakato Kane, who thinks it would be a great idea if the Alliance were to stop inciting the Thargoids to attack by setting up bases in their heartlands, destroying their barnacles and stealing all their meta-alloys. So perhaps the Alliance power play map might soon have a little hole in it too. All we'll need is for Emperor Arissa to decide to resign, to spend more time away from her family, for all three superpowers to have a vacuum at their centres. And a lot of commanders demanding their money back for those power play decals they so proudly bought all those years ago. But we'll be seeing all the heads of all the powers together one last time at that summit in Lembava. Or is it Palevnik? Just as soon as they've decided who has more data than the other. Because that's what security is all about. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.